Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 6, One World, One People. So let's get into it with the recap. Sporting a new Captain America flight suit from the Wakandans, Sam flies to New York to stop the Flag Smasher's attack with the help of Bucky, Sharon, and John Walker. Sharon accidentally reveals that she is the power broker to Batrock and kills him while Sam attempts to reason with Carly before Sharon kills her as well. Sam convinces the GRC to postpone the forced relocation of displaced people that Carly died fighting for and instead make efforts to help them. The remaining serum-enhanced flag smashers are caught by Bucky and John Walker and sent to the raft, but they are killed by Zemo's butler while en route. Val gives John Walker a new uniform and a new codename, U.S. Agent. Bucky comes clean to Yori regarding his son and makes amends with everyone he's hurt as the Winter Soldier. Sam meets with Isaiah, who begrudgingly approves of his status as Captain America. He then takes Isaiah and Eli to the Captain America exhibit, where a memorial dedicated to Isaiah has been added. Sam and Bucky attend a cookout in Louisiana with the rest of the Wilson family and their neighbors. In a mid credit scene, Sharon receives a full pardon and rejoins the CIA with the intention of using her access to sell government secrets and resources to the highest bidders. That was the quickest synopsis we ever did. And in in the defense of it, it's because they, it was basically like 40 minutes of action and, and 10 minutes of like stuff moving forward, um, which and that action was some of the greatest we've had in the entire season. They Captain America Sam just running in and kicking ass and showing what his vibranium Wakandan Captain America suit with wings can do now. It's so good. The suit's so good. The suit is amazing. I love that. I, there's a lot of people bitching about the suit. My friend's like, it's too puffy. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. It's exactly the way it looks in the comic. You want comic accurate suits? This is it. Love the suit. Love the use of the wings. I'm glad Red Wing is back. I assume all of his wings and his suit itself is is vibranium laced, which is why he was able to, you know, literally bounce a helicopter off his head. Um, this was a good episode, though you really felt the loss of the storyline that I feel like would have connected a lot more of the emotional resonance with the Flag Smashers. Um, that's what it comes down to. If we, If I remove my annoyance from that... Then this was this was a great episode. It hit all the emotional points. Everything that mattered in this episode hit home perfectly. All the trivial stuff I can get annoyed with within the narrative can be explained away by this loss of all the shit on the cutting room floor, which I still think was a bad idea. Um, I don't I don't care if we had a pandemic or we had viruses. Um, people are adults and and can know the difference between something real and something fictional. I will say, uh, I think QAnon disproves that people can tell the difference between what's real and what's fictional. To your point, though, I I agree. This was a good episode. It wasn't great. It gave me a lot of what I wanted out of the finale, but it didn't really surprise me with anything. No, there was no surprise at all, including the obvious Sharon Carter twist, which felt like, oh, big surprise, right? No. No, you made it glaringly obvious to the point where you should have just made it glaringly obvious and pointed it out episodes ago. And then we wouldn't have had to like this questionable debate, which was distracting at best. And then we would have gone with the drama of her being both sides towards the middle. Because so much of the shit that she was doing doesn't make any sense for her to be doing if she is the power broker. Why would she escort everyone to her one source of, super serum and then allow 
her one source to be murdered that way, which was validated. But it's not like, oh, that he was just one guy, you know, like I have others. She even said at the end, oh, you know, all, all my all my stuff is gone. Can't use super soldiers anymore. So that's off the table. So but look at all the other cool shit I got. So why, she just didn't make any sense. The character didn't make any sense about why she did it that way. Maybe it's scroll stuff for later. Maybe it, it's just always, again, cutting room floor, other storyline shit. But nah, it, I, that was a weak link. That was a problem for me. I, I agree. Um, like Sharon being the power broker was telegraphed so hard. And the only reason we didn't believe it is because we didn't want to believe it because it doesn't really make sense for the character. I'm fine with the character doing it. I'm, I'm not fine with the actions surrounding the character at that point in time doing it. Like Sharon being embittered because of everything that happened and the world changing. Okay. And then she go she goes to try to survive and she tries to make up for it with this power broker thing. And obviously somebody else is involved and maybe that's who brought her in. And that's a whole other story and great. Fine. Tell that other story. But within the context of the episode and her actions, that doesn't make any sense. You have on one hand, it's glaringly obvious that she is the power broker. And on the other hand, it's so obvious that you're like, can it be like, it's got to be a red herring, maybe. And then her because her actions just don't show as somebody who would protect her business. You know, you don't you don't get robbed at gunpoint to someone hitting you up at the ATM and then say, hi, would you like to come back to my business and rob my business? Oh, you have a business? Yeah, I have a very successful business. Would you like to rob that too? Yeah, that'd be great, thanks. And then lead said robber to my own business and then say, oh, well, you know, it was my business and I got robbed and I'm an idiot. Like, No, you don't do that. No one intelligent does that. So I don't know what that was about. That was, they should have just embraced it and made her act like someone who was a secret agent. Uh, you know, a double agent, but they didn't. I don't know what that was about. That's my biggest critique of the entire series was that. And that's, that's on top of me hating, which I was so happy. Oh my God. What made me so happy. The gleeful part of it was when the flag smashers were like, you're an idiot to Carly. It was like, they all were, she was like one world, one people, right? <clears throat> one world, one people. Everyone with me. One world, one people. Yeah, nobody had respect for Carly. No one had respect for Carly. Not even her own people. Flag smashers were badly written, even within the construct of the narrative. Nobody likes Carly, which sucks because I love the actress. She was great. But, oh my God, she was such a naive, bratty, emo teen. Yeah, a lot of her writing was pretty bad. Uh, Something that she said to Bucky in this episode, she questioned if Bucky had ever fought for something greater. And I'm just like, the motherfucker was in World War II and he literally just fought an alien warlord six months ago for the fate of the planet. Like, did you, did you, did you read the news? Do you know who he is? Did you see Endgame, Carly? <laughs> so the, the rumor has it is that the, the removed storyline was that the GRC were created a virus to get rid of the refugees. And that's, that that was, that's what was going to happen. And that's why, Mama Danya died and other people were dying. And so Carly was like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to get up and, and get the vaccines and do whatever I have to do. The GRC was trying to control the vaccines, control who survived. And that you had to be processed and you were moved and relocated. And that's how you got the vaccine. That level of control versus a bunch of like people who are trying to fight against that kind of behavior 
would have made sense and would have made it would have made great storytelling. Um, but they didn't go that route. They took it all out because they thought we were all a bunch of babies. Instead, we got a really watered down plot with the flag smashers. Yeah, extre- extremely watered down. Um, and when your main villain is coming across like a self righteous hippie, um, naive. I'm going to keep using that word naive, bratty teenager with enough angst to start an emo music scene career. No, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And the the entire episode's choreography, while amazing, was a lot of musical chairs. Who's fighting Carly now? All right, this person's going to fight Carly. The next person, it's your turn, tag team. It was like a very, very large set piece of who's beating up Carly now, or mostly getting their ass kicked by Carly. Um. And it just because my my loathing of the character, like I loathe her in actuality, whereas I love to loathe Walker. Walker actually stepped up this episode. I was I admit I was surprised when he chose to save that, you know, truck full of people instead of going after Carly. Yeah, no, he he realized that he had to step up and be like an actual good person. And, and and try to help something instead of just go for his vendetta. And he grew up a little bit in that. And who knows whether he... Because in the comics, he's an anti-hero. He's not a pure villain. You know, and he, I, there's things left on the cutting... Not cutting room floor, but I feel like storyline-wise, there's still threads of him that need, still need to be dealt with. Like the fact that he lied about, kill, about why he killed that other guy. Like there was no remorse for that. The, the government never went after him for coming back out and trying to be a... A cosplaying Captain America, like no one got him on that. We called it on that shield, though. Yeah, we knew that she he was he was going to throw it, and it, it 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 didn't come back like the other one. It just hit something and then flagged down, and just like a like a walk falling on the floor, just it just looked beat up at the end. I'm like, good, that's what it deserved. <laughs> that was that was not the real deal, but he did have a little bit of redemption, though. I feel like a lot more. He should have had way more hammers thrown at him as well. And that's not a Thor reference. Just like the law, the hammer of law. He does have a purpose again, which is something that I I think is very important to his character because he's, you know, career military, doesn't really have another purpose. Part of the reason why he, you know, freaked out at the end of the last episode is because they took away his rank and they took away his job as Captain America. And now he's U.S. agent, whatever that means. Whatever that means. He's U.S. He's going to go on behalf of... Whatever force that needs. Basically, he's going to behave the way the governments of the world wanted the Avengers to behave, which is like, well, when we need you and this corporation pays enough money, we'll go in and go do that. Whatever our vested interests in, you'll deal with that. And under the under the under the leadership of uh, Madame Madame Viper Hydra, Val. I will say, I feel like the U.S. agent scene should have maybe been the mid credits, and then maybe. The Sharon scene should have been like a post credits. I was I was kind of disappointed by the fact that there was only a mid credits. Yeah, yeah, me too. They, we could have edited that out a little bit more. It should have ended with the party, and that that should have been it. Yeah, I agree with you about the post card sequence ordered there. Um, I, I love the musical choice at the end credit sequence. That was beautifully done. And uh, again, the the thing that that works and makes the entire series works. Sam is Captain America. Sam embodied it. He nailed it. Uniform suit action choreography, fighting style, all of it was beautifully done. I can go in here and talk about my, you know, I love the use of, of, of Red Wing. Love the, love the whole system with the, with him using Red Wing to figure out who can, who can fly the thing and, 
and replacing it really quickly. And just that whole sequence was beautifully done. All of it. Like he doesn't have super strength, but he's using technology like a Stark and he's using agility like, like Steve Rogers. And he's, he's got it. He's got it down. Yeah. Did, did you love that the end title retitled itself to Captain America and Winter Soldier? Yeah. Showing that either we're getting a season two, but they did green light a Captain America four, which means we're not, I might not be getting another series. We might be just, going headstrong into whatever that movie is going to be. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get both. Yeah, I was going to say, I want both. Yeah, I would love both because I feel like there's still a lot more things that really works better as a series. These like six hour long movies, you don't have to like tighten it all up. I I, I like the fact you have these longer things to, to tell these. I, I do have a criticism about the retitling at the end because yeah, Sam's Captain America, but Bucky isn't the Winter Soldier anymore. Yeah, I got into this debate right after. I know exactly, yeah, he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. He's trying to not be. And so, but what other, what else do you call it? I think they should have committed to either calling him the White Wolf or they should have in the series, you know, like made it clear that he wants to repurpose the title Winter Soldier, like kind of make it his own, take it for himself. They didn't really do either. And that's why that felt, because he's the second title character, like, he and he changed just as much as Sam. He changed more than Sam did during this show. Yeah, Sam just accepted his destiny, but but he he changed and started actually making amends and doing what he had to do in order to move forward in life. He he had the most the more psychological of them all, um, I think. And while as I think Sam's story was a very racial one, and and I think the stronger when it comes to geopolitical worldly views. Uh, Bucky's was very personal and out of character wise affected him way more. So yeah, Captain America and the White Wolf, IMO. Yeah, that would have been great. But it's like, if you're going to call a White Wolf, then you have to embrace that name as its own thing. And they hadn't done that yet. Yeah, they, they kind of, it felt like a half measure with Bucky. But Captain America and the Winter Soldier does sound like a good title. It does. I mean, it sounds a lot like the title for the second Captain America movie. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Weird question. Does Bucky still hold rank? Because the guards at the beginning of the episode referred to him as Sergeant Barnes, and I was a little surprised by that. I have, you know, I have no clue because I, you watch these characters move around bases and things like that, and they're all just going about their merry way. No one's stopping them. No one's stopping them. And this episode was like a perfect example of that. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, it's just those guys. Just walk on through. No problem. I mean, they even set in a, 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 a metal detector off and Sharon just kept on walking through it as if it didn't really matter. Security in these places either horribly suck. Nobody cares. I don't know. But yeah, it's, he still, I guess, holds some rank. I mean, we called it out on the second episode where he just kind of walked onto that base. But like, I guess maybe he does have a rank. Who knows? Yeah, no, he's got to have something because they're moving around the country like at breakneck speeds and like, Bucky doesn't fly other than like on a plane. So he has to get on a plane and get somewhere. He runs really fast, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah, he's running across the Atlantic Ocean real fast. But it's it's got to be he's using his rank. He's still military. He still has perks with the military. Also, you know why the power broker thing wasn't super, you know, exciting of a reveal? Earlier in the episode, Sharon literally melted some guy's face off. That's pretty breaking bad, you know, like that's that's not something a good person does. No, she's a villain. She's she's a villain or at the very least an anti-hero. Or a scroll. Or a scroll. You know what? I'm not going to say that I think she's a scroll, but if she was a scroll, 
I would accept that. I think that regardless, this is probably set up for a lot of things, but maybe Armor Wars? Or if she's a scroll, maybe Secret Invasion? Well, Armor Wars goes to her her connection of like being able to sell Stark tech now. So her her and, and Madam Hydra, who I think I think she's she's on the phone with Hydra there. But Madam Hydra is already in with the government, so no, not that. And I, I, until I understand where Madam Hydra's or Val's, like where she is on the food chain, because she's walking around like government agencies, like no problem, like everybody else. But I feel like Val is working with Ross if Ross is still around and is shadowy but government sanctioned. And I think that Sharon Carter is shadowy and not government sanctioned like i feel like she she is more of like a hydra or a shady black arms type dealer but i feel like i mean and this is true in the comics and everything else like we might get a revitalization of hydra because like the storylines are coming together like when 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 aim or hydra or freaking even roxon started buying stark tech you know, and that was a big deal. So Stark would running around and trying to fight against those people who would steal his tech. But now Stark's gone, so now we're gonna have Rhodey do it, and the person who's probably gonna sell it is Sharon. But then we have Madame Hydra, who's probably a part of that as well, and we'll use the Thunderbolts to whatever means that is, and it'll be like Gray versus Gray versus Captain America and Rhodey. There's a lot of things that has some potential to go whether it's hydra or the other ones that i mentioned or the thunderbolts and i guess we'll find out yeah we'll find out either in armor wars or we'll find out in captain america 4 or we'll find out in captain america and the winter soldier season two season one whatever you however you want to define that um i think they really got to work on the name because you're right. It's exactly, it's Captain America Winter Soldier. You mean Captain America and the Winter Soldier? No, Captain America Winter Soldier. The movie or the series, asshole. Did you catch the inconsistency about the remaining Flag Smashers? Okay, so there were five left besides Carly in this episode. Um, the one that got his face melted. So then it was Carly plus four. Then we lost Carly. So then there was just the four. Three of them, they caught. And then the one of them, Sam was going to go pick up from, you know, the Hudson River or whatever. So we see the three of them that were caught get loaded into this van that gets blown up. But then on the radio, we hear that four of them were in the van, but there weren't four of them in the van. So I think there's either a cut scene or maybe they just decided to condense those things. Maybe. I feel like someone just miscounted at the studio and fucked up that way. Like, I don't think this is a canon explanation. I don't think there are flag smashers running around. I think that's over. I don't think so either. I think it was more of a production snafu. It was, I think it was a production issue. But Zemo got his way. I'm happy that our guy did his thing. It made sense story-wise to kill off those remaining Flag Smashers because one, we don't need Chekhov's Flag Smashers hanging around. And two, they, they didn't even really have names or personalities. No, the the, the Asian guy, I, I don't even know his name. The only other one I knew his name was Nico and he got decapitated. I think you're talking about the long-haired one, Dovich. Yeah, Dovich. Okay, okay. He was, and he kind of disappointed me because he was all like, you know, eventually we're going to have to deal with Sam, you know, implying that we got to get more violent. And then when she was like, let's get more violent, he was like, I don't know, man. Like, I got to be somewhere. Like, I, I don't know if I'm about this. Like, we're going to kill people now. Like, we've been killing people. I've already been doing it. Where have you been? Like, suddenly his character was like a 
not a terrorist and not about what they were potentially about to do. They were all very inconsistently written. No, they, yeah, this episode that had them completely inconsistently written. Just and it, it made Carly look like an idiot, which I have no problem with. But um, I don't like it at the expense of the narrative. Again, it that's uh, it sucks because everything about the series was so beautifully done. When it, all the stuff that mattered, big big steps wise. But like when it comes to the narrative of that group, which kind of is important to the to the core story. It was a lot of tell, not show. And they get a little bit of a pass for that, but not a, not a complete pass for that. I, th- I think even if the storyline that was dropped like was included, I still feel like they would probably would have been slightly inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, their emotional reactions, even if you had all that stuff behind it, unless those characters were developed and there was like a scene where they all were like, well, maybe we're going too far. Maybe Carly's getting a little nuts. I agree with you that there still would have been some inconsistencies, but maybe I would be less like eye rolly about the whole flag smasher thing. Cause I don't like going against like the actress who played Carly. Like it's not her fault. It's like her performance was fine playing the character that they were given. I don't think she was more bratty because of the actress. I think. Oh no. Erin Kellyman's awesome. Yeah, she is. I love her. I I hope that she had more like Star Wars stuff, like after Solo. Like I wanted her character to continue being part of the Rebel Alliance, the beginning of the Rebel Alliance, hang out with Hera and be all badass. In a in a related tangent though, R.I.P. Batrock. <laughs> he kind of went out like a bitch. I was kind and again something else. I was kind of annoyed but after all that. Like I feel like every Captain America would have to go against Batrock, and he would just slither back into the shadows, and he'd come back. And beat up like Bucky when it's his turn to be Captain America. Um, but no, no, Sharon just shot him once and that was it. Okay. That's all he had to do? Just had to shoot the guy? Okay. That would have solved a lot of problems if Steve would have just did that to begin with. Steve's more of a kicker and a puncher. He's not a shooter. So Sam got pretty political at the end and I was kind of here for it. No, he's, he is the mediator. He was He said all the things that we as a society needed to hear. And it was... You know, it's, it was very on the nose. There was a smidgen of ham-fistedness, but it was very Captain America. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think we need right now. Like, in this world, in this society, we needed we need that. Um, it's, it's a dark fucking world, and we need someone to kind of bitch slap us and tell us to grow the fuck up. And that's what he did. And he did it in the nicest, most, up, you know, uplifting and preachy way possible. But that's what, I think that's what we deserved. I mean, I, I love that he he compared the senator and the world leaders to Thanos. You know, he, he said that he said that they had as much power as an insane god or a misguided teenager. Yeah, because all they had to do is write a freaking email and they can do all these things. Like you write an email and borders change, people get fed, like people get murdered. It's whatever you wanted to do, you have all that power. So you're all like freaking out, oh, it's complicated. Like shut the fuck up and do what's right, and then we'll deal with the rest later. It's like, you don't know what it's like to feel helpless. Now you do. So stop it because everyone else feels this way all the time. I, a black man, feels that way all the time. You have to accept it. And do better. That That is Sam Wilson's superpower. The belief that we can do better. And I I, I love that. That's the core of the show. Yeah, basically. Um, you know what else I love? I love Sam and Isaiah. That moment at the end was beautiful. The give to give him back his history because that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean they got that statue made pretty quickly. 
I feel like time has supposedly had gone by because not only was that a thing, but I feel like the Sharon Carter conversation to like get her, you know, pardon and all like time had gone by where all these things happened. Um, And they didn't really do a good job editing wise to express that time had gone by, but it wasn't the next day. It was probably like a few months. Probably. But I, I really, I really dig Carl Lumby as Isaiah. And I really thought that like getting his approval really meant a lot to Sam. And I love that sort of like mentor mentee kind of like begrudging respect now that like Isaiah has for Sam. I I just I thought that was really cool. And I think if there is a season two, I hope that like he has a recurring part because I'd like him and Sam to talk more. And also, I'd really like Sam to be an inspiration for his grandson, because eventually I want this guy to be a young Avenger. Yeah, I hope so, too. Like, that's I mean, that's where I think it's going to bring in all these characters that to go that way. Um, it's it, it's would just be a tease and a wasted opportunity if we don't go that that route. Hell, I'd take a I'd take a an Isaiah, you know, miniseries or a film just about what happened. Yeah, I would, too. They aged up Carl Lumby in this show. So like, yeah, I feel like they did that so they can like do a flashback or like a like a whole other thing from his perspective back in the day. I'd be down. He's a tremendous actor. So like, yeah, if you want to do that, I'll, I'll watch it at this point, though. I mean, I will literally watch anything that Marvel does. Yeah, no, they, they've sold me on the whole on what they're doing. I, all, and all my complaints about this, you know, what happened in this show, like I, I can gun up most of it to, again, what the rewrites that they did at the last minute and pandemic problems. Um, a few things, you know, the things that did bother me, I can let go because the things I did right, so, so right. Any, any critiques that we have, I think are relatively minor compared to the good that this and WandaVision has done. I'm just aggrieved that we have to wait until June for Loki. Yeah, I know, because now we ha- now we have exactly what the- <laughs> we have like a month and change to like sit and on our hands and be like, we need more Marvel. We need more Marvel. We've, we've been spoiled since WandaVision. We have. We we went through that year and a half drought of of nothing, and now we've had you know weekly Marvel fixes. So now we're you know we're back on that addict train. We need we need more. We need more. I mean, we can have more for the foreseeable future once we get it. Because it's like we ha- with all the movies, you know, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Loki, What If, Miss Marvel, Hawkeye. That's all coming this year. All that she all supposedly. Yeah. 2021. So they're making up for that for that issue. We just have to we just have to get by until our next little hit. Exactly. Were you surprised uh, about the announcement of Captain America 4? I was surprised that we were getting a movie and not a another series. That that's what the announcement was. Because to me, that jeopardizes that we may get a second season or a new season of these characters. And that's what the showrunners felt that we're good at. So now we're like moving the showrunners to be like the Rooster Brothers. And I'm like, all right. It's, I don't know what kind of movie they'll make. I know that they're good at the series thing for the most part. But now I get to see what kind of movie they'll make. And that being said, though, like, I definitely do think Anthony Mackie can hold his own and like he deserves his own cap trilogy. No, he does. He does. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I'd like to see TV shows between each of the movies, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I would like one more TV show, depending on the story. I mean, if they already got it plotted out, then let them do their thing. They already they obviously know what they're doing when it comes to these storylines. I'm I'm excited for whatever they do. I, I was surprised that they did it so quickly. They're like, no, we're here for it. We're doing Captain America four. Like, okay, I wonder what that title and logo is going to be now, because I don't think it's going to be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I don't think so either, but we'll find out. I wonder when we're getting that though. With all the with all the stuff they already got slated. It's really hard to gauge when that's going to be. Unless they're slotting it sooner rather than later, we might still get a season or two before that movie comes out. Yeah, uh, that that could be very true. Um, so we may get a second season. We may get that show to play it off. And then maybe it'll be called like Captain America White Wolf, you know, depending on what happens. And then you'll get your, your name change forever. I just hope we get more Falcon. I mean, new Falcon. I mean, Torres. I want Torres. Yeah, and that's that's something else. It's obviously that we're going in that direction. We even saw in the shot where Torres is watching, um, he was working on the wings. He's he's getting, he's he's gonna be the Falcon. I can't wait. I love that kid. Yeah, Torres is great. He needed more to do in this episode. Honestly, what I really want is I want a second season, but I want it to be Captain America and the Falcon and White Wolf, and it just be the trio. That'd be fun. And then we have to still have U.S. Agent in there because you know that's always going to be a, a an annoying uncomfortable alliance i think was probably what it'll end up in somewhat of antagonist sometimes you know what though in the case of john walker changing the suit color to black making it comic accurate like it looks so much better oh so much better yeah so much less offensive (laughs) so much less derpy yeah i'm happy with it the way it looks now i wonder what val meant though when she said things were about to get weird yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that's that's what the show is going to be. Things are going to get weird. And also, do you think that she helped plan the assassination of those Flag Smashers? Yeah, I do. That's what, that, that was the thing that made me think like she was working with uh, Sharon. But then at the same time, she would have had access to all the things that Sharon now has access to. So I, I don't know. I think she's definitely working with Zemo. Also, I did not expect to see Zemo's butler back ever, let alone assassinating four super soldiers. Yeah, it made me very happy. Evil Jarvis got his game on. Just let that man retire. He's like 90. <laughs> um, I ba- basically, the next thing I have to, the only thing I can possibly add to figure out what's going on in this universe now is if we get a season, like another season from this before we get the movie. Because th- it's two different mediums that I think would determine which storylines we're going to get more of. But as as we already pointed out, some of these storylines may be cut here and they all go in different different stories like as you said we can go to armor wars with sharon we can go to the movie with torres we can go to there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot of places that these storylines can these threads can go into it's all finally actually connected so we're gonna figure it out it's all connected it's all mephisto see that's who i thought the power broker was going to be fuck (laughs) mephisto mephisto and sharon hanging out lovers to the very end my headcanon is that she actually knows that Steve Rogers went back in time to bang her aunt, and that's what made her break bad. <laughs> I kissed the lips that kissed my aunt. I kissed the lips that married my aunt. I kissed the lips that, oh my God, my uncle bounced me on my knee. Ah! I'm going to kill everyone. Um, overall, comparatively to WandaVision, did you like this more or less than WandaVision? That's a tough question because they are so drastically different shows. I think I enjoyed the weirdness and the gimmick of WandaVision more than this show. And I felt that it was more creative. 
But I think this show was more resonant to what's going on, like, in our times. So while I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to say I liked it more than WandaVision, I do think it might be more important than WandaVision. What about you? I, I can't disagree with any of those points. I think WandaVision on a whimsical level hit me in ways that I wasn't expecting. And it made me just giddy for joy every week to watch and to talk about and to, to try to figure out. Um, whereas this was, every episode was an emotional, like, swelling of things. Of, of As you said, very political, very necessary emotional conversations in a, in a world that was in dire need of this conversation. Um, and so very two different opposing things. I think I got more surface enjoyment from WandaVision. And I think I got more respectful satisfaction from this. Uh, this, this, this show did, a, what, like I said, what it did right, it did so right that I, I, it, I put it on a pedestal. Because no one else did it that way. And that makes me very thankful that we had it. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And next up, we're going to get some really weird time travel shenanigans with Loki. And see, that's also going to be amazing, probably in a completely different, distinct way that we we won't expect. Exactly, exactly. We're getting, we're getting some weird shit back. So um, I do, I'm really curious about Loki because when we, when I think all said and done, the one thing I'm going to need to look back on this and sadly the weak link of all of it are this are the finales um wandavision finale had some weak links as a result of rewriting and reconstructing and editing problems this one had some weak links because of writing rewriting and editing problems i believe and we'll see what happens with loki because i don't know if they had similar pandemic problems as the first two or whether they were like oh no we Pandemic didn't affect anything we did. Beginning to start, here it is. And if the season finale is powerful and doesn't have any of those issues, then at least we know it was all pandemic problems. And now we can move on. Because that's that's the one thing that's worried me is that they get it and then the landing, it's a little rough. We, we do land. Everyone's fine. Everyone gets out of the plane. Everyone walks up a little traumatized. But for the most part, okay. But the landing is a little rough. In, the, in these finales that we've been getting. So I'm curious if, if that's going to be a continued theme. Uh, I think Loki was another production that was interrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. I believe it started filming prior to. Um, so there might be there might be some disruption in the production for that that we'll notice. But it's also the first show that is confirmed to have a second season. So that might lessen that. This is, you know, there could be things that they just push off to the second season that they might not have. Uh, I think the first two shows that we're going to get that are going to have zero, um, <laughs> zero like interruptions by COVID are going to be Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye because both of them started filming after the pandemic. Yeah, there was no surprises happening. All right, we will see, see where it goes. It's like everything else. But just like these two shows, we will be here for all of them. Damn right we are. With Falcon and Winter Soldier concluding, we have a bit of a break until the Loki series starts. So next week, we will be covering the first season of Invincible on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, it's a pretty great show. So please watch it, and we'll discuss the finale next week.
All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at InfinityCast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.